K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Welcome to another episode of Black on Both Sides. I'm one half your host, King Kunta 3 x uh, The other half is my esteemed colleague, world-renowned, locally known, universally accepted, Mr. Bionis. What up, B? What's going on, man? I don't listen to the news. <sighs> so, a lot of shit's happening. First in the news, as you all know, uh, King Kunta is broadcasting on his end live out of the mean streets of Los Angeles County. I know what I said. Be honest, uh, you like LeBron, right? I like LeBron, yes. Well, you, you like what you know of LeBron, or what, what we know of LeBron. Right. Right. And, and you heard about all this uproar and shit about China, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't really care about that. But have you noticed that LeBron's, you know, his lettuce hasn't seemed to quite fill in as we would expect of someone who's had the procedure done, the hair transplant procedure? Have you noticed that? I have noticed that, but I assume it has something to do with the HGH. Mm, don't know. So what if I were to tell you that just... 24, 48 hours ago, LeBron had a uh, a malfunction. I'd be wondering, did his nipples show? What do you mean? What if I told you it was a hair malfunction? So it moved, the whole thing. So on, I don't know if it was ESPN or TNT, Lakers are playing, and LeBron is standing and Anthony Davis, Lakers' new acquisition, is fiercely trying to get his attention. And he's pointing and he's mouthing the words hair. Just some belts and suspenders. So LeBron, for some reason, this game was wearing not your traditional NBA headband. You know, the headband you grew up with if you play basketball. You right. know, terry cloth, sweatband. Right. He's wearing one of those NFL-looking things, you know, kind of a skull cap with the top cut off. Okay. So, the cameras are watching all this shit. If you zoom in, you see that LeBron's head looks a little bit like it's kind of got a high top. <laughs> but LeBron did not show up with a high top. So LeBron tries to adjust the headband. Again, the cameras are unforgiving. Be honest, you want to know what we see? Tell me. A goddamn lace front that's been pushed back. Oh, beautiful. This nigga's wearing lace fronts, be honest. So do you have a minute and time in what game? It's the last game, and it's easy to find and it's everywhere. Oh, so this is something that's on social media. It's everywhere. It fucking happened. Okay. I don't know why it's not a bigger story than it is. This nigga has a lace front. He's playing basketball in a lace front. Wow. I don't even know what to say, man. I don't, Does this I, change your opinion of LeBron? What do you think about dudes that wear lace fronts? What do you think about that off top? I mean, it's pretty weird, but if women, I feel like if women have been getting away with it this long, it's not fair for guys not to be able to get away with it too. 
Really? Is that what you really think about a dude wearing a lace front wig to pretend that dude has hair? Is that I, really what you think? I think it's wrong for everyone to pretend. So if we're going to let people pretend, I don't see why guys shouldn't also. Okay, Biona. So let's say, I don't know, one of your co-hosts, co-hosts on the network, let's call him Jace Move. Okay. Shows up with an afro tomorrow. You got nothing? Um, I would joke him, but uh, I mean, like I said, women get away with it all the time. That's what women are all, they're visual lies. I'm tired of seeing that. So if women can do it, guys should be able to do it too. That's all I'm saying. And I wouldn't, and, you know, how he, how he presents himself in the world, ha- having an afro or whatever it is, cool, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Do I condone it? Like in, in the sense of would I do it? No, I would never do that. But that don't mean what's good for me ain't good for you. Whatever, man. It's fucking weird. He's got the money to get the hair transplant procedures like Brian Erlacher, like Deion Sanders, like uh, that uh, Rooney guy that plays uh, soccer. I don't know why the fuck he doesn't just do that. Uh, say he's, he's looking like a goddamn asshole wearing a goddamn lace front that's done, got pushed back on national fucking TV. Just shave your shit. Shave your shit. If you're not going to fix it, shave it. Yeah. You know who shaved their head? Ooh. Michael Jordan. Mm. So what? He's pretty good boss. Pretty good. Pretty good basketball player. Had nothing to do with his head. Eh, I disagree. Aerodynamic. You know, this is a pretty good basketball player. Kobe Bryant held on to it for as long as he could, but then he did what? Shaved his head. Mm. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant have different shaped, sized heads than um, LeBron, though. That doesn't, that doesn't matter because this nigga wearing a lace front, so it is what it is. LeBron has one of those long, tall faces with the big jaw. He's going to look ridiculous with his bald head. What's more ridiculous, a bald head or a pushback lace front on national TV? You don't know it's a lace front until there's a mistake. He's got to get a better wig coach. No, he can't wear this fucking... He was wearing some bizarre shit on his head. He shouldn't have worn it. It was look, looked like a cut-off sleeve that he put on his head. I digress. I can't wait <clears> to see it. Well, listeners, that's not what Black on Both Sides is about. But... I thought I would leave you with something light because we got a lot of serious shit that's going on right now. And luckily for us, uh, my esteemed co-host has decided not to watch not Nan news clip all week long. Not Nan. So he's probably going to have, you know, a lot of logical and reasonable takes <laughs> devoid of any actual real context of the shit that's actually happened and been reported. I look forward to it. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Let's go. This has been a crazy week in the history of crazy weeks under the Trump administration. It's like every fucking week you think it can't get crazier. Well, it fucking does. Monday, 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 the White House investigating Donald Trump's, uh, Activities with regard to Ukraine and withholding military aid called in a witness. That would be Ambassador um, Bill Taylor. Mr. Taylor is a 50-year public servant. He's a Vietnam War vet. He has served the State Department under multiple presidents, Democrat and Republican. Uh, at the time, he was uh, tapped to become the ambassador to the Ukraine um, he, uh, by Mike Pompeo, who's the, uh, secretary of state under Donald Trump, he is specifically and specifically told Mr. Pompeo that he would not accept the job unless 
he was he was uh, it was it was made clear to him that our policies with regard to the Ukraine would not be changing. Why? Mr. Taylor takes the view that Ukraine is absolutely crucial to us defending democracy uh, in Eastern Europe, and that anything that the fall of Ukraine would essentially allow the Russia Russia to reconstitute the Soviet Union, essentially to run unchecked in Eastern Europe and compromise uh, our allies there. I believe that's possible. What he's saying sounds truthful. Mr. Um, Ambassador Taylor is unimpeachable. He's on, he's beyond reproach. Like I say, he's a 50 year uh, individual West point graduate graduated. He, I think he might've been on, in the infantry. He's well liked by both sides of the aisle, aisle being Republicans and Democrats. And again, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, Donald Trump, Secretary of State, asked him to do a personal favor and get back into politics and serve as the ambassador of the Ukraine. Why is it important? Because uh, Ambassador Bill Taylor was the person who was sending the text message to Bill Sutherland saying, quote unquote, um, and I, actually it's not a quote, I'm paraphrasing. We, you, we can't be saying that we're withholding military aid uh, for political purposes. That's crazy. To which Mr. Sunderland, four hours later, asked Ambassador Bill Taylor to take the call, to, to take stop texting him, and instead take the uh, the phone, take take a pick up the phone and have a, a phone call versus having it right uh, in writing. So Bill Taylor sent the text message, essentially saying, "Are we doing a quid pro quo here?" Meaning withholding aid for political advantage. And Trump's uh, ambassador of the EU, Bill Sunderland, says, you know what? Call me. So normally when you're texting somebody back and forth and you say something and then another person asks you to call them. Off the record. It's off the record. That's 100% (laughs) correct. Yeah. Anyhow, so this is the guy that was testifying. So... His testimony lasted nine plus hours and it was damning. Ambassador Taylor uh, uh, basically laid out a very detailed uh, case that aid to the Ukraine had been withheld. Um, The Ukrainians were aware of it and that this was at the behest of Donald Trump and what's called the Three Amigos, which are the people that are tasked by Trump to run essentially a second um, foreign policy group. So there's this, there's a State Department and the ambassadors and the envoys that we know of that typically handle uh, policy on the day to day basis with our allies and and with you know other people here and you know across the world. Rudolph Giuliani, uh, Energy Secretary Mike Perry, and this Ambassador Sunland. I believe were known as the Three Amigos and that they were running a shadow policy through uh, Rudy Giuliani and in addition to the regular channels, so foreign channels, irregular channels. And Ambassador Taylor said these irregular channels had made it very clear to the Ukraine that they would not be allowed access, meaning a meeting with the White House, unless and until uh, the president of Ukraine made a public statement that he was going to in, he was going to investigate uh, 
election interference by the Ukraine in 2016, and also Burisma. Burisma, I believe, is the company under which Joe Biden and Hunter, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, sat on the board. So this is more of the stuff we talked about last week, week before, an investigation into the Bidens. Right. Now, why the 2016 election? The 2016 election, Giuliani and Donald Trump have this view that it was not Russia that interfered in the 2016 election. It was Ukraine. No one in the security, no one in, in the intelligence community or the FBI, none of our allies, not a one in NATO, that's Germany, Great Britain, Italy, none of our allies agree. Everyone on planet Earth, except for Giuliani and Donald Trump, have accepted that it was the Russians who, who definitely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, tried to and did uh, monkey around with our elections in 2016. You know who Donald Trump, you know, says, told him that Russia didn't monkey around with our elections? You, you remember who, who told him that? Was it Putin? But Vladimir Putin told me he didn't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not me, Trump dog. said he believed him. Not me, dog. How <laughs> did do that shit, man? <laughs> it's me. It's V-Lad, man. You Come know on, me. man. You know me, Phil. Don't do me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to disrespect me like the man. Anywho, so these debunked political theories that are coming from Russia and an investigation to the Bidens, uh, Ambassador Bill Taylor, in astonishing details, what's been reported, he had a 15-page uh, opening statement that was released to the press. He did so on his own. Uh, the 15-page essentially outlines, uh, it's like it reads like a novel. It reads like a person who takes does something in good faith, then over time, there's like cracks, things that don't seem right, don't seem right, don't seem right, benefit of the doubt, don't seem right, benefit of the doubt, don't seem right, benefit of the doubt, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, just, oh shit, what the fuck is this? I don't know what to do. I got to call somebody, I got to tell somebody, I don't know who to tell, this is way wrong. That's basically how the 15-page opening statement reads. He lays out in the, in, in the, in, up front that he's a lifelong you know, civil servant serving the United States. He then lays out a very compelling case of the importance of the Ukraine and their complete reliance on the United States as they are facing an ongoing hot war with Russia. Russian tanks are still rolling on their eastern border as Bionis and I record here today. It's a hot war. We're fighting wars by proxy. That's what we're doing. So the Ukraine depends on us to fight the wars by proxy. By the way, to be honest, you know um, that $400 million that was held up, we still don't know if it actually has been given to the Ukraine. Oh, so they don't even know if even after this Right whole now, thing today, down. as we are talking, they still don't know if they're going to get it or not. What was the time frame? So when did this actually happen? When was the phone call actually had? Do you know? July 25th is the phone call. It was the day after Mueller testified. So about four months. More than a quarter. Right. But the aid had been held up at least a week before. Right. The, this aid was passed by the bipartisan House of Representatives and the Senate. That includes Mitch McConnell. He said, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do this shit. We support this shit. Send it on. Fuck Russia. Someone from the Trump administration uh, held this up and no one knew why. McConnell didn't know why. No one in any of the security committees knew why. No one, no one in any of the, of the uh, con congressional security committees knew why. No one in the, in the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense knew why. The shit was just held up. Be honest, 
I'm sure you know, based as you know, you're on your 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 study of history, and also being a former service person, that you can't fight wars without money. True. And when someone's got money for you to buy shit and do shit for wars, that's very important. The most important. And so, you know, they're relying on this aid. This We're keeping them afloat. We are fighting a proxy war with Russia on Ukraine's eastern border. So it was held up. So, so Bill Taylor, Admiral Ambassador Bill Taylor, um, clearly uh, in his testimony made it, you know, tied that there was a quid pro quo and the specifics of the quid pro quo was not just an investigation, but he was very, very specific. Donald Trump uh, through proxy wanted the newly installed president of Ukraine to have a press conference. And uh, Donald Trump through his new ambassador, of the EU bill Sunderland, I apologize. There's a lot of names, you know, rather than dumb it down, I'd rather get the names out. So that, you know, if you want to Google it or look into it, you kind of know where to go. But, you know, bear with me. So Sunderland, who had direct com- communications with Donald Trump, uh, said, the quote unquote, they wanted to put the president of the Ukraine in a box. Mm. There would be no aid. And more importantly, there would not be a meeting between the newly installed president of Ukraine mm. and Donald Trump unless he made a public statement himself, he was investigating Burisma, which is where Joe Biden's son was on the board, right. meaning investigate the Bidens. Right. And the 2016 election interference, which no one on planet Earth believes was anyone other than Russia, but Giuliani and Trump. So, so this happened. This was, so this poked holes in Trump's theory earlier in the week that, you know, it wasn't tied to anything. There was no quo pro, no quid pro quo. He wasn't withholding, you know, anything. And that, so where you know, is it, wait a minute, so, where does the ambassador say this information is, though? He's just saying that it's true. Text there, messages, WhatsApp, and his and then the phone handwritten call. notes taken at the exact same. He was a notorious uh, note taker. The reason why the story has been reported as holding up is because he has lots of dates and times that are from his own notes. Because he, like, you know, a lot of military individuals, you know, they often take detailed notes of every fucking thing for no apparent reason. He was one of those guys. Okay. And so he had too much detail. He had too many times, names, dates, and places. And then remember the text message where he says, are we really withholding aid for political, to gain political advantage? And then suddenly says, call me. And then later he says, you know, are we really withholding aid again? And then suddenly four hours later says, there's no quid pro quo here as the president of the United States is, in other words, a lawyered up response followed by call me. So basically the, um, the ambassador is saying he did that shit. All the things that you're saying he did, he did that shit. He's, yeah. And he's saying not only did he do that shit, but this is not why I signed up. And I made it very clear if we were going to change our relationship with Ukraine, right. I would not take this job. That's exactly what happened. We are apparently changed our strategy with regard to Ukraine. One and two, the strategy is not even coming from the State Department and the traditional channels in which we run foreign policy. Right. It's being conducted by Rudolph Giuliani. Under the shadow of night. Might I remind you, Giuliani, someone with no security clearance and a private citizen. So that hurt. Uh, 
immediately upon um, Ambassador Taylor's testimony, the Republican spin came out that, oh, well, there can't be any quid pro quo if the other side doesn't know about it. Specifically, at that time, after Bill, Ambassador Taylor's testimony, the Republicans were saying Ukraine didn't know why the money was held up, so therefore there couldn't be any quid pro quo. That makes sense. What's the evidence? Well, the New York Times and CNN <laughs> uh, released stories independently that the fucking Ukraine did know the money wouldn't come. <laughs> More importantly, the new president was concerned when he won about how he was going to get the money to come because he didn't really want to get involved in United States politics because he ran on an anti-corruption campaign. Right. So that happened the same day. Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, you were going to have an individual, a, a, a someone who was familiar with the Defense Department's uh, accounting. I forget her name. Uh, kind of a minor player, but she was going to come in and testify as to what was the basis that she was aware of that the aid had been withheld. Her testimony was delayed for five hours, to be honest. Do, do, do you, you seriously don't know why on Tuesday testimony was delayed for five hours? I don't know. So this testimony is happening in what's called a skiff. It's a secured area in uh, on Capitol Hill. Uh, no cell phones, no electronics, no anything. It's a place where you can have top secret information. Uh, people that can come in and go out are on a very short and tight list. And so it's considered one of our most classified, top secret, clean places to share information. It's guarded by, I believe it's called the Sergeant at Arms of the Congress. In other words, tippity top, top secret. Right. This is the place we can share information and have no fear it's going to leak to anybody. Right. Tuesday, the testimony was late for five hours because, because 47 House Republicans tried to rush the office in which these classified confidential depositions have been taking place. What do you mean, what do you mean about rush? Got in what do you mean about rush? And they refused to leave. You mean like they just... And they were outside chanting, that didn't get in, let me in, let me in, let me in. What? And the reason given by this is that the Democrats are conducting private investigations that no one knows anything about. It's, it's the violation of due process. We deserve to know. Reaction to that, be honest? Um, aren't there, so are there, are there, I didn't, I, it, from what you told me, it doesn't sound like it's partisan. It's more along the lines of the top level of any security people are there, whether that be Republican or Democrat. It didn't sound like it was a party thing. Am I missing something? Be honest. On the Senate, on the House Judiciary Committee and the Oversight Committees that are looking into this uh, this uh, impeachment inquiry, it is bipartisan. So, of the forty-seven Republicans that stormed and claimed that they were being barred and not allowed to go in, fourteen or fifteen of them had a right to go sit in. Meaning, it was a lie. Yeah. 15, a little bit less than half of them 
have seats. Just go right in, sit down, no problem. I think that I it think a, I think it's a little immature for the Republicans to be saying the Democrats are doing anything at this point. I think this is above parties. Be honest, you want to know what's worse? What? Some people live tweeted it. <laughs> what did I tell you this place was? The top secret, no phones, no anything. Now be honest, because you're a science guy and a tech guy, and I'm not a tech guy. Though I am also a scientist, but I'm not a tech guy. How secure do you think your cell phone is? To let, let's say that I want to get into your cell phone as uh, you know a foreign actor, and I've got a lot of I've got a lot of you know ordnance and money at my disposal to figure out what's going on via your cell phone. What do you think I could I could do with that? I think they're tightening up on it now because it's becoming a big issue. But I think that it's possible to definitely hack into a cell phone with minimal minimal work for someone with the right uh, money and resources. Well, that somebody's a fucking country. Yeah. Yeah. So, these cell phones are being live tweeting and doing all this shit inside of the secure area. Whose hand was holding those cell phones? So that's what I want to know. Like, there should be some type uh, there's of been a list. So, there's been names that have been listed and they've been has passed on to the sergeant at arms it's unclear what ramifications will be no it should the, be something but, criminal that's a criminal charge if you ask me yeah so here's the interesting thing one of those republicans allegedly who can't get in there um i forget his name but he sits on the, one of the uh, committees he actually just realized what the fuck was happening and started taking as many cell phones as he could away from his colleagues right he didn't get them all though <sighs> Um, it's it's a farce. This whole thing. So is they sat a there for five hours trying to delay testimony. Be honest, five hours is a long time, huh? I would say so. You think they got hungry? <laughs> they didn't cater lunch. Jimmy John's oh, did no, not they, bring sandwiches. They didn't cater lunch. Be honest. Come on, this was a spontaneous tea party show of of you know of of, of it was it was a protest. They did bring in pizzas though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Be honest, so, you finish eating a pizza What do you do with the box? I just want to know Was that guy Top secret clearance Or the the pizza delivery guy? Nope, 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 nope. Oh, okay. They're all in the hallway Wrapped around <laughs> in this banister And some were sitting down Refusing to come out he, did, um, he, did he go knock the door And say, hey Nobody gave me a tip out here Because somebody inside This office gave me a tip I don't know. They might have, you know, cash apped him or you, I don't, I don't really know how Grub, Grubhub work, maybe. So be honest, when you get done with a pizza, what do you do with it? What do you do with the box? Um, I don't know, throw it away? See, be honest, you know why you say that? Why? Because you're not a person of high privilege and you're certainly not a fucking United States uh, Congress person. I was going to say break it down first, but. No, fuck that shit. You get done eating, you leave it right there. It's peasant talk. So they left all these boxes, just all this shit there. It's a farce, man. This is becoming. You want to know why, when I say left it? Because they actually, at some point, got bored or tired, and you know, Congress is in session. To be honest, did you, did you know that Congress is in session right now? I didn't know that. Meaning their actual day to day jobs, voting on shit, reading shit, voting on shit, it's supposed to be happening. Yeah, that's that was was happening. Well, no, it wasn't because they were forty-seven of them were not even. Well, that's there. not everybody. To be honest, in the House of Representatives, it's like three hundred and eighty, almost four hundred of them. So that wasn't everybody, but yeah, I mean, it was like a nice chunk. Yeah, it was like, hey, you know, uh, oh shit, we should go do something. All right, it's been five hours. Yeah, fuck those Democrats. See ya. Okay, what you gonna do? Well, I actually gonna sit in this hearing because, well, you know, I'm on the committee, nigga. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, I'll let you. 
I, you know, here's a funny thing to me. Like you, you're, you're seeing less resistance from me and less argument about this because I no longer feel like this is a liberal push or a democratic push. This now is is criminal. This is a this is about proving criminality. This is about proving that whether or not Ill, something illegal happened, whether that be a national illegal or just by the, the common law illegal, but still, this is criminal now. This is this is way above Democrat or Republican or liberal or conservative or whoever. I, that's why you're getting less pushback from me. I, at this point, it's not about that. So to see it's, all it's these a, guys... It's a horrifying story. Be honest, you said this thing's got to burn down. Yeah. It looks that way. No, that's, that's what this wait, is. That was just Tuesday, be honest, so stick with me. Um <laughs> So let me see. Okay, so that happened, and then the lady gives her testimony. Nothing really new that was released to the press came out, so I'm not really sure. And she sure as hell didn't say anything vindicating that you could bet your ass that would have come out. So it must have been, her testimony must have been a push. So, nobody, not a soul. An NBC reporter Wakes up, looks at his cell phone. Oh, shit. Got a voicemail last night. From who? Oh, shit. Rudolph Giuliani. Mm. Been trying to get this motherfucker for an interview. Nigga. Giuliani butt dialed an NBC reporter. And left a voicemail? And left a voicemail. (sighs) Now, here's the thing. No way possible. We can't hear what the other person on the other side of the phone or the other person. He was having a conversation with somebody. We can't hear what he was saying to somebody. On another phone. I don't know. He's talking to somebody. Person could be in the room, person could be in the phone. We don't fucking know. All we know are the words we can hear Giuliani says. That's, there's no way that happened. There's no way. I don't even know what you're going to say yet, but I'm willing to bet this was planned. Whatever he says on here is there's another something that's It's not because that. it's not really clear. It's just, so this isn't, isn't going to be, I'll, I'll, there's not going to be a lot of new information out of this. It's just going to be how this happened given all the shit right. Rudolph Giuliani is. He fucking butt dialed a reporter. So in the in the in the voice message, what we hear is that Giuliani says that he needs more money for something. We can't make up what the something is. He then says something about going after somebody and they're trying to protect him. We don't know who that somebody is. He then mentions talking to some to I want to say Brad or somebody. Some he names a first name. We think that first name may be one of Giuliani's partners at Greenberg Trowick, which is a, a law firm that Giuliani worked at for a bit. That person would also be, um, uh, that person is, is known to be uh, a lobbyist on behalf of Turkey. He's registered as, as a foreign agent representative for Turkey. So that's all we know. He was talking, he may have been talking about somebody that he's worked with to represent Turkey. He asked for about, I want to say $200,000. He needed to get it. We don't know what from. And he says that he's not surprised something's coming after him because he's attacking powerful people and that's what they do. That's all we know is what it is. Take away from all this for me is all this shit is going on. This nigga Bud Dial's a reporter. Interesting is that apparently he, he butt dials people pretty often, but certainly not all this is happening. Okay, so that was maybe Wednesday or Thursday. 
Also Wednesday or Thursday, the Department of Justice, Attorney General Barr, we've talked about, about this. Attorney General Barr is not acting as the Attorney General of these here United States, but has, since he got into, since he uh, replaced Jeff Sessions, he's been really acting as Trump's personal attorney. Um, so Attorney General Barr has been flying around to countries asking them questions in an attempt to investigate 2016 alleged election interference by who? The Ukraine. <laughs> the Department of Justice under Attorney General Barr has now opened a criminal investigation, be honest. You want to guess into who you want to guess who they're investigating? Who? You want to guess who the Department of Justice is investigating under Attorney General Barr? Who? You can guess. I can I have no guess. Nigga, themselves. What? They're investigating themselves. <laughs> <laughs> How do you investigate yourself? Remember, Trump wants to investigate everybody that was there before he got there. Okay. Because Attorney General Barr and Donald Trump have this idea. You remember, you know that Trump's been saying deep state, deep state, deep state. Right. That's the notion that there's this underlying machine of the federal government that goes on no matter what. And that at some point when it became clear Trump was going to win, Trump claims the Obama administration along with this deep state tried to get him by, follow me here, be honest. So the theory may be that President Obama and his administration in cooperation with the CIA, in cooperation with the former National Security uh, Advisory, in, in you know the, NS, the NSA, in coordination with the FBI, somehow or another, you, you with me be honest so far? I'm with you. All these people conspired with the Ukraine to get Trump elected and then to later turn around and point back to Russia so they can get Trump out of office. What? So it's, they conspired <laughs> with Ukraine to get him elected. So they could then... So they could later say it was Russia to get him out of office. <laughs> I'll say it again for, for anyone out there who doesn't understand. So I, the theory has to be that the Obama administration, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA conspired amongst themselves with Ukraine to get Trump elected by running specifically anti-Hillary campaign stuff to get Trump elected. The long game is after Trump got elected, then these individuals could turn back around and say, hey, it was Russia to get Trump out of office. That's a long game. Nigga, they could have just done nothing under that theory and let Hillary win. <laughs> right. Now, wouldn't that be cleaner? Wouldn't that save time for every goddamn body? I mean, shit, you well, go home. Yeah, maybe, good. unless you got something out of order. Maybe if, if you replace... Donald Trump with Russia, then I could see how that's a long con to get us to hate Russia again. 
But if Trump is at the when, end of I'm it, I'm sorry. Until 2016, be honest. When when do we stop hating Russia? Please so, tell me. Um, sounds oh, like, sound like we don't hate them anymore at all. Sounds like we haven't. I'm hated saying them. 20. This is the 2016 election. So right. please tell me before 2016, when literally everybody you knew <laughs> did not hate Russia. Uh, maybe the end of the Cold War. Really, nigga? Come on. I mean, you know, hate. Hate is a strong word. So you're saying we we didn't fuck with them or we hated them. I don't think we hated them after the Cold War. You know, it, it got a little bit Fine. less every year. I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> Little silly ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. Right. Yeah, that. So, so no, be honest. But I'm it saying maybe they were trying to get the the country to like rally. Be if you were to say they were trying to get the country to rally behind like really hating Russia be, again, I get that. Be, but I don't know. One of the most famous pictures of President Obama as a president is him bossing up on Putin. You know what I'm talking about? Uh uh-uh. uh Well, he's in front of Putin and he's like leaning on over him like he's about like he's about to he about to throw hands. So President Obama don't like didn't like Russia or Putin. You know who else didn't like Russia or Putin? Who? Hillary. She hates that motherfucker. You know what? He hates her right goddamn back. So no, B. Nobody like Russia. Nobody. Right. Not a soul. This nigga Donald Trump started saying, they're not that bad. They're cool. Okay. So this is what the DOJ is. The DOJ is... So let me put some... Let me be more specific. So... What we're really talking about here, be honest, is that Donald Trump and Attorney General Barr using the Department of Justice as his personal tool wants the Mueller investigation investigated. He wants an investigation of the Mueller investigation. Does it matter at this point? I don't think it even matters at this point. I don't think anybody has confidence. It's in an that. investigation by the DOJ of the DOJ, the fucking DOJ. I don't think it matters at this point. I don't think any. I don't. I don't think popular opinion cares at this point. Now about think, Russia. Yeah, no, we passed that shit. Yeah, that's 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 so. That's like three years ago now. At this point now, whatever the whatever the findings are, I don't think it will change. I would say ninety eight percent of the people's opinion. Okay, let's move forward to we on Thursday or Friday. I don't remember. So remember that serious discussion we had, to be honest, about how that was fucked up, bad ideas, leaving our allies to die, right. not good. Right. Donald Trump on that Monday said that, you know, he was pulling troops out. We don't want American lives to be lost for sand. There's too much blood on the sand. We're not going to fight over sand. Let them figure it out with the sand. Thursday or Friday. So apparently we're not pulling out all troops out of Syria. Did you know that, Beyonce? Did you hear that? I didn't know that, no. They're being moved. You want to know where they're being moved to? Oh, we talked about this, right? The oil fields. Oh, no, we didn't talk about that. They're being moved to guard the oil fields, to be honest. So, we're just going to blatantly say, fuck life. It's all about our investment financially. It's actually worse than that, to be honest. Um, 
The Department of Defense, sources say the Department of Defense pitched Donald Trump the idea of leaving in troops to protect the oil fields because they thought he would go for the idea and that would be the only way they could think of that he would not completely remove American presence from Syria. He's a fucking toddler. They gave the toddler applesauce. They knew his ears would perk up with oil fields. He doesn't have any, but he understands they're valuable. And he fucking ate the tea. You know, you got a you got a baby, and you make an airplane noise with the spoon. Open up, and he did. I don't. I don't. I'm not surprised by that. The adults in the Department of Defense realized how dramatic and awful it would be to remove all American presence from that area of Syria. The best they could come up with was to tell this motherfucker, what about the oil, nigga? You want to protect that, don't you? And he said, show you right. Thank you for telling me. Show you right. <laughs> I'm surprised he paid attention to that. He's been, he's been ignoring everybody else's uh, consult up to this point. He thinks that's leverage. That's why he did it. He thinks the oil somehow is leverage, but no one told him that we're not actually supposed to use the oil. He'll figure it out later. Or maybe he won't. So, um, so no full official pullout. And instead, we're also moving troops to Saudi Arabia and Iraq. Right. Because uh, what's happened now is that Turkey, our ally, um, has now joined forces with Russia to patrol the area where the Kurds used to be. Yeah. Problem is that Turkey is in NATO. NATO is supposed to be our allies. Right. Other problem with that is, because what, were, what if I were to tell you we had about uh, 14 nuclear warheads, ours, sitting in Turkey right now? I believe, How do you feel about that? I've been to Turkey twice. They're, they're our friends. Are they? They were. But we got 14 nuclear assets in Turkey. Meaning, you can't say fuck you. Meaning, even though they just slaughtered hundreds of our allies, there's nothing that can really be done because they have 14 of our assets. Let me, let me say it again for the people who are listening who don't understand the weight of Turkey and what it, how it plays into the Middle East. But as I tried to explain last week, Turkey is the elbow for all this. Turkey is in strategically, I mean, it wasn't strategically placed, but it just happened to be perfect. Right in the, right in the, the an area where we can launch a full, uh, I'm talking about a, a complete assault without having to refuel back to America or get new things. we It's the perfect launch pad for us to attack any country in the Middle East. So because of that, we have been very nice to Turkey and we have put planes there and, and like you're saying now, nuclear warheads, etc. Because of the ease of access to the entire rest of the Middle East. But the crazy part about Turkey is it sits right there in, um, north of the Mediterranean Sea, so it's not actually part of the Middle East. So it's like the absolute perfect place to have a forward-deployed base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people we need to be friends with are now having lots of unmonitored conversations with Vladimir Putin. Yeah, what does this bad. mean? It means that the United States had some influence in that part of the world that, be honest, just explained to you how tactically important it was. Because as we all know, 
most of the people that hate us, not in Russia, are actually in that near that part of the world. Right. And so it, kind of a big deal. And fight over there, so you don't have to fight over here. The sky isn't falling, but as King Kunta likes to say, let's just imagine that some kind of way Russia does turn Turkish, I guess, influence completely against us. Well, they can start out with a nice supply of 14 nuclear warheads. They already purchased some weapons from Russia earlier in the year, but that's that's deep study. <laughs> I'll be honest, it sounds like you think I'm done with the week. You'd be wrong. Um, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Right. All right, so let me see where I am with it. Okay, so... Mm. All right. So, last night, Saturday, the United States Special Forces and the Delta Force, I don't know if it's the SOCOM, the Special Forces, or the Delta Force, I forget which branch it is. Be honest, feel free to tell me if you know. I know that, that uh, SEAL and Delta are different things. They are. And they get separate spheres, and they don't share the spheres. They sometimes rotate back. So SEAL Team 6 killed bin Laden, but it very well could have been Delta. They just Delta wasn't there, and SEAL was, and they just luck of the draw. Okay. I, well, I, apparently I, last night they killed the ISIS leader. Uh, his name is something, 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 Baghdadi. That's his name. Wow, what a, what a name. Yep, so that happened. Uh, it was Delta Force, I believe. Okay. So, if you are had a rough week and you're going to get impeached, at least by the house, you really fucked up something in Syria you didn't know anything that much about, people seem to be upset about it, even your boys, your good buddies, Lindsey Graham and company, and you just find out that, oh shit, we killed like somebody important in ISIS. Right. Who would you as Donald Trump do? He didn't tweet about this shit. Nigga, you find the first microphone you can see. It's got a fox symbol on it. <laughs> okay. I mean, but that's... Nigga, that, we did this shit. That's normal. That's normal. I did this shit. That's normal because you remember... I remember being in my bed like 9 p.m. or something on a weekday. And... No, it was later than that. This may have been like 10, so almost 11. Obama jumped on TV as soon as they killed Osama bin Laden. That shit was on TV. He was on the All press right. conference. So that's not, that's not abnormal. Okay. All right, Bionis, so between that, your memory of that, and what you think is right. So if I announce we've killed a terrorist, who should I think and what, what order? Who should I think and in what order? So Obama immediately thanked the SEAL team and was, you know, was still saying he hopes everybody gets home safely from the team, et cetera, et cetera. He was basically giving all the credit to them and the guys that were out in that region that, that helped from other countries, et cetera. He, he, he basically gave all the the praise to other people. All right, B. Who do you think Trump thanked first? Of course you know who he thanked first. He, 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 oh, he no, said, I'm asking you. Who do you think? I think it had, even if he didn't say himself, he made it He made it feel like it was he was giving himself the credit. Okay, after him. Who do you think he thanked next? The first <laughs> non-Trump person you think. Who do you think that was? Hmm. I ain't trying to walk you nowhere. I just want to hear what you no, would no, think. Given what you said, President Obama did, 
you know, we had this long ass conversation. Who do you think you think first? First of all, let me say I'm never afraid to walk anywhere because I always leave breadcrumbs to get back. So don't ever fear that that I'm not walking when you ask me to walk somewhere. I'm really trying to figure out who in the hell he would give the sec. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I first none himself. Thank you. Who the first kudos to not himself. I like to thank myself for being myself. After that, the first non-Trump person. Cool getting kudos from Donald Trump for this great American victory in destroying a leader of the ISIS caliphate who ain't got shit to do but where, sit up under a rock and think of ways to kill us. Where who's the, the first, who's the the first person to get kudos? Where'd the murder happen? Syria. No, yeah, it was actually, ironically, this shit was in Syria. I have no idea then. I'm going to go in order, to be honest. Hold on a second. Let me pull this up because somebody's messing with my notes. Here we go. First, be honest, he wanted to thank Russia. <laughs> what? Guess who he thanked second? Assad? Turkey. Oh, I was about to say Assad? After Turkey, guess who he thanked? Who? Syria. <sighs> After Syria, guess who he thanked? The Kurds, because some of them helped us. Some of them helped us. <laughs> they, <laughs> some of them helped us. Okay. Now, I want you to, to listen to what I've said and stick with me here. All right. Then he thanked some members of the intelligence com uh, community. He didn't say some, did he? No, he didn't say some, but, you know, in the intelligence community. Okay. Then he thanked the military. Wow. What do you think about that, be honest? Um, well, I think that the, the um, I know that the guys who are there, who are forward deployed, probably don't, don't care because they're, they're selfless guys. Fucking I, professionals. I knew some Navy SEALs for, they were on my, they were attached to my ship. Some of them were SEAL Team 6 at different times. We had different SEAL teams, but, so I, I know those guys are very selfless, so they probably don't give a shit. But uh, American people should care because they're, they're, I mean, every, every troop matters. Don't get me wrong. Every single troop that's, that's, that's forward deployed and puts themselves in danger, every single one, no matter if they're sitting on the ship or if they're actually in the dirt, every single one of those guys matters. But the amount of commitment and sacrifice that those individuals who put themselves behind enemy lines by themselves, I'm talking about literally three or four to five, like 10 people max behind enemy lines with no guarantee that they're ever going to get home, it matters because those guys really laid on the line. And they should go first. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about murder here. So um, it's not a Eight great... Eight years ago, it's not Donald a great Trump, thing. referring to that President Obama press conference, you said... Described it as undeserved bragging. Right. Quote. But anybody sitting in that office, Wolf, it was an interview with Wolf Blitzer between Wolf Blitzer. Trump and Wolf Blitzer. But anybody sitting in that office, Wolf, would have, I keep hearing about, oh, Bin Laden, the military did an incredible job. And they call and said, we have him. And he said, go get him. What's he going to say? Don't get him. And he gets all his credit. It's a lot of crap. Donald Trump, 2011. Huh. 
I, I don't I don't remember exactly what Obama said and how he handled it, but I don't remember him being braggadocious at all. I don't remember him um, being excited and happy about the fact that someone had to die, but I do remember him saying that it was a necessary thing for the country and for the safety of, of all the citizens in the U.S. and also all the allies. And I do remember him giving a lot of credit to that for a deployed SEAL team. That's what That's I do remember. That's not what happened here. Yeah. I've been looking for him for three years. I've been looking for him. I started to get some positive feedback about a month ago. We had some incredible intelligence officials that did a, good, a great job. Me, 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 me. We have obliterated the militant leader of the self-proclaimed caliphate. Right. You know what's worse about all this, be honest? Immediately after the press conference, he sent out a tweet to his members asking them if he's doing a job, good job on security and if they think so to participate in a poll. And who a link did, to the poll. Who did that? Trump. Trump sent out a poll? Yep. He's doing polls and, and right. public tweets? Right after he embedded the poll in the tweet right after the press conference. <laughs> oh my God, this guy is amazing to me. This dude is amazing think, to me. I think if anybody has been listening to us for since we started from Mueller till now, to see where you are on it is really where if anyone that kind of follows what's been happening with this impeachment inquiry on the news. If you kind of watch this stuff from multiple outlets, you're going to be concerned. You kind of have to try really hard to not be concerned about what's happened and what's happening. Right. There are people who do that. That is the base of the Republican Party underneath Trump. He still has a 90% approval rating with his base. The Republicans have been talking about this impeachment inquiry as being a lack of due process and secretive and behind closed doors, despite the fact that it's a bipartisan committee. Each committee is bipartisan, and Republicans actually do have the opportunity to participate in the depositions. They have equal time and equal opportunity to ask, quote, as many questions as they want. Who gives a fuck at this point? At this point, I'd be perfectly okay if somebody just grabbed him real quick and sat him on ice until after all this stuff was handled. That's not going to happen. Lindsey Graham, early in the week, Trump had complained after Bill Ambassador Taylor's testimony that the Republicans were not doing enough. We're not doing enough for him, basically to protect him. They weren't doing enough. Raise your hand, anybody in the audience, including you, King Kunta, raise your hand if you think this can't get worse. My hands down. So Lindsey Graham, <laughs> senator of break. South Carolina, uh, put forth a bill in the Senate condemning the impeachment inquiry currently going on in the House of Representatives. Of the Republicans, senators, there's 53. That's why they have the majority. 50 senators signed on. Now, when, the, when, this, uh, when this thing first started, it was supposed to be a complete condemnation of the proceedings in their entirety. The actual thing that was signed is a condemnation by the 50 senators of the lack of transparency in the process and wanting an official vote of articles impeachment and, and, and public hearings. That was the compromise that had to be struck. What does that mean? That means that if you have half brain, you want this investigator and you want more facts if you, to the extent you need them, notwithstanding Donald Trump has already told us he did this. 
he's released the transcript saying he did this being used his political position to get the Ukraine to try to dig up dirt on a political opponent. No, use his position as the, as the president of the United States and our tax dollars to try to strong arm a dependent country into digging up political dirt on his opponent to save his presidency or get another term as president. He admitted that. Mick Mulvaney, his uh, a chief of staff, said, we do this all the time. Right. Get over it. Then try to walk it back. Oh, out of context. It's a direct question. That's a quid pro quo, is it not? Yes, it is. We do it all the time. No, no, no. It took me out of context. So, by the way, be honest, you know what that referendum uh, by the Senate, that, uh, that condemnation letter they sent to Congress, you, you know, to the representatives, you know what that, what that, what that does to the, to the Congress? No. To the representatives, the House? No. Not a goddamn thing. The Senate and the House are co-equal and separate. That'd be like Jamie Mack on the mothership trying to overrule, overrule you on some shit. Co-equal. Right. It'd be like on Music Love Life, you know, it'd be like, you know, you and Kevin Davis get into a fight. Co-equal. Right. It'd be like Baylor the Great sitting in front of a mirror yelling at himself. It goes nowhere. Right. Meaning it was just for show. And even that it was just for show, Trump wanted it to be something specific, a condemnation on the entire process. Lindsey Graham could not deliver that. He could only get senators in good faith to say, we think the process should be more transparent. That's what the final thing says. I still don't believe at this point they're going to be two-thirds of the Senate to remove, remove him from office. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think what's more realistic is that you get half. Half would be damaging to his reelection efforts more so than what it is now. And so, you know, that's where we are. Um, I don't have a big happy. We've got more people coming in next week. Ambassador Bill Sunderland is going to be brought back. Bill Sunderland was the other guy on the other end of those text messages saying, there's no quid pro quo here. Four hours later, after talking to counsel and the president, he testified two weeks ago. We talked about that. He basically pointed out that everything was done by Trump and Giuliani, and he was just relaying information. But his, his facts have been contradicted by Ambassador Taylor. Ambassador Taylor is a known fucking commodity. Ambassador Bill Sunderland was a Portland hotel magnate who bought his way to an ambassadorship. So he'll be called back. The, Trump has faced multiple losses in court this week. In one court, he was ordered to turn over his tax returns. In another court, uh, I think the Department of Justice or the State Department has been ordered to turn over the unredacted Sorry, the redacted uh, grand jury materials that Mueller was relying on because that wasn't given over to Congress. In the case involving Trump's tax returns, Trump's lawyer argued that an impress, a sitting president cannot not only not be investigated for, or can not only not be prosecuted for a crime while he's president, but he can't even be investigated for a crime. You want to know the hypothetical he used? 
that President Trump could literally shoot somebody and he could not be investigated for a crime simply because he's president. Yeah. Be honest, is that the way the president of the United States works in your mind? No. Not mine either. I ain't seen that and not Nan Schoolhouse Rock. I don't read it nowhere in nobody's constitution. You know what shit like that happens? North Korea. Russia. China. So that argument was made twice now in court and twice it's been left out of court. I imagine the Trump administration is going to appeal both of these devastating rulings to the Supreme Court. We'll see what happens. The Department of Justice or the Secretary of State, uh, no, the Department of Justice, I believe, has 30 days to turn over the Mueller report, uh, the, the grand jury materials. I doubt they will. To be fair, though, I do have to catch you on something. So to reel that back in, I don't think there's ever been um, even a, a close call to Trump murdering somebody and getting away with it because he's a sitting president. So saying that that that's like Russia and like North Korea, that is accurate. But I don't think that that's the, the president that we have. So let's, that's, let's not go so far. He said this on the campaign no, no, he, trail. Trump didn't say that, did he? Yes, he did. Trump said he can kill somebody and get away with it? He said, my support is so strong that like I could, you know, I could probably see somebody on, on Fifth Avenue and, and, and get away with it. I do think I remember hearing that. <laughs> so that comment was argued on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And though he has not done that yet, that tells you the mindset of I am above the rule of law. Yeah. And that's a problem in these here United States. And if it ain't then I don't know what country this is because, you know, clearly I'm wrong. There are some shit I expect. I expect racism. I do. But what I don't expect is that all the rules is gone. All the rules, all the rules. All of them, all of them. Yeah, you expect That's a, little, some crazy a, shit. a little money laundering here or there. You can expect that kind of thing, hiding the funds here and there, that kind of thing. But nothing along the lines of what we're seeing. No. So, you know, we got another week coming up. Sunderland is coming back. We got a few more people to come coming to be uh, deposed. We're going to see if the representatives try to storm the secured uh, hearing location again. They may. Um, the leader says you don't of, of the of what happened Tuesday says you don't know when we're going to do it again. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You don't know. He's 33, a representative, I believe, from somewhere in Florida. He has a DUI on his record that daddy got him out of. Yeah, so what? I don't, I don't, I think that next week we're going to have a show that's not about Trump because nothing's going to happen this week. It's going to be a week that we can go back and talk about some other topics. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> and in the, in the event, shit goes to DEFCON 3, not 4 yet. We'll be back to report on this stuff. You know, I apologize that we don't have any more jokey jokes, but a lot of serious historical shit's happening right now that, quite frankly, is going to shape our country, if not for me and for you, but for your children and your children's children. Shit's going to look different going forward. It ain't going to be like it was before, period. Yeah, man, I think that the uh, ramifications, like you say, of this are going to be long-lasting, and you may not recognize it in the next five years, but you may realize it in 10 or 15 and, and you know, I'm not the guy that's usually on this side of it, but it, this can get worse. This has, this has every sign of getting worse. I mean, the, just, it, it, we're, and it, are you talking domestically because it's bad? But nas internationally. That's all I care about. 
That's, all, like, that's all I care wait about. Wait a minute. Nobody wants to be our allies anymore. Yeah, that's all I care Because even about. if Trump was not in office, they, the, who can trust us? Like, well, you know, you guys might vote somebody in that could be fuck everything and then we're fucked. Yeah, that's all I care about. So guys, look, make sure you go out and check out all the podcast on the Rare Science Network. You can go to rarescience.com and check out all of our shows. If you enjoy this show, make sure you go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen and give us a rating. I prefer five-star. King Kunta loves the drama. He loves the smoke. He loves the pressure. So you got to deal with him if if you give us something below five. You know, we understand that every podcast could be somebody's first podcast. You know, the No Nonsense Show, I refer to as the mothership. You know, I, I think it's a... Uh, it's it's you know it's been it's been running for almost like five years maybe five years plus yep. it's so I got came into knowing my esteemed colleague here and you know then there's also Music Love Life it's also a great show featuring my my esteemed colleague here and two other other hosts and there's Baylor the Great and B, uh, BTG for President and Open Run prolific shit uh, bring your bring bring your box of Kleenex and on top <laughs> of all that don't forget. If you really want to support this show, you really want to support this network, hey, become a premium subscriber. Less than a cup of coffee, you'll get our archives, you'll get our individual premium private blogs about things we find interesting. For example, if you know who French Reggie is, friend of the show, and you want to figure out what he's doing or if he's become you know, a clone or he's in the sunken place, uh, the only way to hear from him is a premium. There's actually a premium, uh, the premium coming out from him later today. It was so big, he had a guest. So he's doing, he's decided to set up a podcast and set up there. I hope that guest is one of those young ladies he talked about. (laughs) I'm not sure yet. I haven't edited it, but it'll come out later today. I hope it is. Black on both sides, y'all, where nothing is black and white.